Yeah, it's it's great to have you on the podcast. It's great to be talking the Black Stars. Um, the last time we had the AFCOM, we did a preview for the Black Stars, and the sense was this is a team in transition. There's a lot of youngsters. Expectations are low. You know, we we we're not one of the favorites. We're trying to build towards something in the future, and that's what we're hoping for. And it feels like two years later, you know, how much has Ghana progressed? It feels to me like we're almost in the exact same position. You know, what is what is the sense in in Ghana ahead of the Afcon about the Black Stars? Um, well, I think that uh, you put it just right because um, I think that after two years we are still in that uh, transition phase. And um, one thing that many people are saying, which I agree to, is that uh, maybe the World Cup took us away from what we were trying to do. Um, because qualifying for the World Cup meant that oh everything was was well and good again we were we were back, which wasn't necessarily the case and so um, you know there were certain players who had to mature a bit before they played on the world stage or before you know they'll be going into an Afcon possibly but we we didn't we didn't have that and many of these players also didn't have that as well. Now we are heading into an Afcon where. Uh, I think just about two or three players from the 27 have ever played an AFCON before. Um, one of which is Andre. Andre, are you the captain? Jordan has played in an AFCON. Daniel Amate has also played. Uh, Jiku was also in the last AFCON. But when you look across the team, it's, it's an almost new team we are taking to the AFCON. And so it still feels like we are in transition. And I don't think that many people have that confidence of... Um, supporting a Black Stars team like they would have some 10, 15 years ago. Mm, and, and kind of, I want to talk about that because, yeah, I think, like you say so well, the World Cup is kind of, was a wonderful thing, but all, almost has done, done some damage. Because obviously, you, ha you had you sacked your coach after the last AFCON, which was obviously devastating. And then you bring in Otto Addo. Addo kind of surpasses expectations, gets that miraculous qualification to the World Cup against Nigeria. I mean, I still... And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I still feel like Ghana wouldn't have qualified against any other team. It's only because it was the Super Eagles and they found a way. That's true. That's, that's kind true. Of the nature of the relationship. <laughs> and then you have a World Cup, which is, you know, mixed bag, right? You have that Portugal game where, you know, I, who was it? Was it who had that one chance uh, right when the keeper slipped up? If that goes yeah, in. Yeah, Inyaki Williams. It was, it was Inyaki Williams. <laughs> yeah, like the whole, the whole thing changes. Suddenly you get out of the group stage and it's a brilliant World Cup. You obviously you know, get the one win and, and it kind of, it's a mixed bag. But since then, you know, Chris Hutton has taken charge of the team and mm -hmm. it feels like every time Ghana takes a step forward, there's a couple steps back, right? Because you, you know, you even, even qualifications, AFCON was in doubt. You had to beat CAR, you went one nil down. Um, yeah. and, and so, you know, there's this sense that, you know, things aren't going that smoothly. What, what is the, the perception of, A, I, I guess I want to ask a, a two-part question is, yeah. You know, B, one, A, how, how do people think Chris Hutton have has done in his time in Ghana? Because obviously he's a very different appointment. Obviously he's kind of European-based generally, but actually has roots in Ghana, you know, wants to, you know, build that cultural kind of gap right, instead of just being kind of a European manager coming yeah. in to do a job. Yeah. But also I want to ask you about, you know, the policy of Ghana over the last couple of years of really focusing in on bringing you know, talent that were born and raised in Europe. You know, I'm thinking Inaki Williams, Antoine Semenyo, these kind of guys. 
um, yeah. with kind of mixed results. So, you know, every time I've seen Semenyo, he, he's looked brilliant in a Ghana, in a Ghana jersey. And Yaki Williams hasn't been able to get that, that you know, the goals that we kind of hoped he would. Well, yeah. what, is the, what is the sense in Ghana about, you know, Chris Hutton's appointment and, and kind of bringing in some of the guys who were born abroad? Um, so, first of all, I'll just, I'll just tackle the Chris Hutton question first. Um, I think that um, if I could divide Ghana into 10 parts, maybe eight of them do not think Chris Hutton is, uh, is the man for the job. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have complaints about Hutton's style, one, because uh, many people feel he's too defensive. I mean, I feel he's too defensive as well. I mean, I watch the games and I'm not, I'm not particularly enthused by the kind of football we play. And I was one of the biggest advocates for Hutton, you know, to bring him in and let's see what he could do. Just because of his profile, what he had done in the English Premier League, we thought that things were going to be different. But that's not what it looks like. I mean, on, on Monday, the Blasters drew 0-0 in Kumasi against Namibia, which is an, such an odd scoreline for Ghana. I mean, going into an AFCON like this. And so um, I, I think that uh, going into this AFCON, beyond the players not not being um, at that level that we expect them to be. I think that one thing that has demoralized a lot of people is, is Chris Hutting and just how he has performed uh, with the Black Stars. I mean, if you look at his results, the only time the Black Stars have scored more than two goals is in a game against um, Liberia in Accra. That's the only time the Black Stars have scored more than two goals. If, if you juxtapose that to what we did uh, at the World Cup, where... Uh, we were able to score two goals against Portugal. We scored three goals against uh, South Korea. If you uh, juxtapose the performance under Otoado at the World Cup to what Hilton has done in his time here, I think that many people are not particularly enthused. The Black Stars have a talented crop of attackers. They may be young, but they are really good across the front line. But the goals have been a problem. The goals are not coming. And it particularly has to do with just how Hilton sets up his team that the, he always has a base of two defensive midfielders who are incredibly defensive-minded. And so they get the ball and they are not sending the ball into the attackers to try to do anything. And that's one of the things that many Ghanaians have complained about. Now, number two, you're asking about the policy of bringing in talent um, from other parts of the world. I mean, people of Ghanaian descent. The, the, main, the main thing is that Ghana has, has always done this over the years. I think that um, all through the early 90s up until now, it is something that Ghana has actually done. Um, I can go all the way back to 1996 when we invited Kim Grant. Um, I mean, even back in 92 when we brought in uh, Anthony, uh, Anthony Baffo uh, from Germany as well. Um, all of these players, I mean, if, if you look through all of that, in 2008, we brought in Junior Agogo. Um, you know, I think somewhere around 2016, there were a few players who also joined the team. Albert Adoma as well who grew up in England for the most part of his life, also played for the Black Stars a bit. And so I think that generally is a, is a welcoming feeling for many Ghanaians. The fact that a Ghanaian who wasn't born here, but has played outside and plays at the top level, um, gets an opportunity to play for the Black Stars is something that excites many Ghanaians. And so, yes, it's, uh, it's always a good feeling when you have players like that join you. I mean, so, uh, in this crop of Black Stars, you have Tariq Lamte, Naki Williams, there's Ransford Yaboa. Um, there's, there's, there's also Antoine Semenyo, who you mentioned. And, and all of them are doing their bits to try to make the Black Stars a very good team again. I mean, Tariq is not at this world, uh, it's not at this AFCON, which is really sad not to have him because 
the right back position is one of the positions that we actually need uh, to strengthen. But if you look at Inyaki, he got his first goal uh, in Kumase. Things are looking particularly up for him. If he's able to, he's, up, he's also had a really good season uh, at Athletic Bilbao so far. So if he's able to take that, that level of form to the AFCON, I think that um, we could see a few goals. For Antoine Semenyo, you, 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 you put it very right that every time he's won a Ghana shirt, he's won a Ghana shirt, he's played really well. And he's been able to garner a few fans for himself. And so if he goes to the AFCON continuous in that way, I think that it will be good. But one thing that has to change is just how Hutton sets up this team and what he actually wants to do with the Black Stars. Yeah, and I want to and I want to get into the into the squad because I think there's so many interesting questions around the Black Stars and who will yeah. play and, and things like that. But before we do, I do want to also ask you about a couple of the players, namely you know who who aren't a part of this team, namely Baba Rahman and and Fatawi Sahaku, yeah. who obviously both aren't a part of the squad. Can you can you give us an insight into why? Because my sense is that from what I've seen reported is that they've actually both declined the call up. Yeah, for maybe different reasons, but yeah. can you kind of what, what what's been going on there? Why have they kind of declined it? Particularly, I'm thinking of Fatou because he's you know been brilliant at Leicester. Could yeah. re, you know he was a part of the team in, in the 2021. You yeah. know he feels like he's one of the guys who could be one of the stars of the future. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Fatou is one of the stars of the future. He is um, one of the players that I have actually followed. I I started following Fatou when he was just around 14. Um, all the way up north in Tamale when, you know, he was just on the come up. And um, I think that he's one of the players who have shown that um, there's still some level of talent in, in Ghanaian football. Um, for for him, I can understand. Uh, I think for both of them, actually, I can understand why they wouldn't want to be part of the Black Stars fold at this moment. The thing is, uh, for Fatawi Shahaku, he's having a, a good season on loan at Leicester. Um, the, there's a... Uh, there's a clause in his contract where he has to play a number of games uh, if he wants a permanent uh, contract at Leicester City. And the AFCON would take him away for about three, four weeks, which means that he misses a lot of those games at Leicester. And so um, if he misses those games, what, what will be his chances when he returns? Does he walk back into the Leicester team? Does he stay on the bench for a while? Does that hurt his chances of getting a, a permanent deal at Leicester? I think all of those things are questions that are hanging over his head. Um, but I don't think that in the position that he plays, Ghana has problems in there. There's Joseph Pinto, who uh, plays some really good football in Belgium. And then there's Osman Bukari, who also plays for Red Star Belgrade. He scored at the Etihad against Man City. And so he, he also has um, that quality to uh, play well if Ishahaku is not around. And so I think that the coaches look through the squad, they realize that um, these are equally good players. And so if Ishahaku wants to opt out, um, it's, it's, his own, um, uh, it's, it's his own decision to make. Also, for, for someone like Barbara Rahman, I think that Barbara Rahman himself has been an enigma for the Black Stars. The thing is, um, he has received a lot of vitriol from Ghanaian fans just because he has... Uh, an association with the FA president. And so, because many of Ghanaian fans are, um, are not on particularly good terms with the, the football association and, and the head of the football association, they cannot transcend that level of, um, that level of animosity to Barbara Rahman. And so, every time he plays in a Black Star shirt, 
whether he does well or he doesn't, everyone just focuses on the negatives. And and it happened to him in, in Kumase as well when he was he was booed by the home fans. And I mean, Alasbe, I know I know you know Kumase. You know how um, religious the fans in Kumase are. And the interesting thing is that Babaraman played actually for Kumase Asante Kotoko, the biggest club in that city, where the fans really really loved him. So for them to turn on him. Uh, in a black star shirt and boo him like that the way they did um, also must uh, must have caused his decision a bit to stay out of the black stars at this moment. But I think that he has also struggled a lot with injuries uh, in his club career and he probably just wants to focus a bit more on helping his side in the Greek league and also, you know, just trying to make a, a good uh, club legacy for himself before maybe he probably hangs his boot. But... Babaraman himself has played so many times for the Black Stars. He has over 60 caps to his name. And so he's, he's, not, he's played in several AFCONs. And so he's not one of those players who would, you know, really be eager to play in an AFCON. I know all of those things are not um, the legitimate reasons to, you know, step out when your country calls you and all of that. But I think that for, for the two of them, they, they probably have a case. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know... The- We've spoken so much on our on this podcast about the challenges of having an AFCON in January, and yeah. particularly you know that relationship of club and international player football. And I think it's very easy, particularly for our own countries, to say, oh, "Of course, you have to play for us." But you know, the clubs are the one paying your salary; they're the exactly. ones who kind of that's where your career is based around. So I, I get that. And just quickly before we move on from them, obviously Fatah will be will be involved with this team in the long term, and yeah. you know, will hopefully yeah. be, be, go on to become become an all time great. Yeah, would we? When Baba Rahman said he, he he didn't want to be a part of the squad, is he still expected to to hopefully join, rejoin the squad at kind of later this year or at some point, or do you think that this is actually could be the end of end of his Black Stars career? Um, no, I, I don't think this will be the end of uh, Baba Rahman's Black Stars career. I think he'll be involved in the Black Stars one way or the other. Um, the thing about Baba Rahman is that he got into the Black Stars very early in his career. So, um, like I mentioned, he has a lot of caps to his name, but he still has more. Uh, to deliver for the Black Stars. And and um, funny thing is that ever since he uh, decided to stay away for the Black Stars for this AFCON, he's actually scored two goals and assisted once uh, in, in the Greek League. And so you, you, you kind of feel like maybe there's something that um, we potentially could be missing around the left-back position, which he might be able to give us. And so uh, he will be involved again. I mean, he will return. After the AFCON, there will be World Cup qualifiers, of which you know will be really tough for for Ghana because uh, of the new formats uh, for the African teams and all of that, and also another Afcon in twenty twenty five, where which will be playing in Morocco, and and the qualifiers might begin this year, and so he will be involved. It's just that um, at this point he probably needs time off just to try to sort a few things in his club career. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Let's take take our eyes and, and look towards the, the the actual team itself. And mm. one one player I I really want to talk about is is Dede Ayu, Andre Ayu, because yeah. you know he is such a legend of the game now. You know mm. I think this is going to be his eighth Afcon. I think yeah. I think he's only a few appearances off being the all time appearance holder. Yeah. He's actually, know, everyone, he's actually not just Ghana. He's actually two uh, two appearances of of that. Yeah, and I think yeah. off of Rigobert Song. And, yeah, and, um, exactly. And you know so. But I guess my question is, is I remember at the last AFCON, there were questions about, you know, is, is he still sharp? Is he still good? I know mm. I remember at the time, you know, he's struggling to, to, to find, uh, you know, settle in his club career. And then obviously he has a 
terrible end to the tournament, you know, with that horrible, you know, I, I guess from a Ghanaian perspective, unfortunate red card yeah. um, when, when they got knocked out, you know, and he, he's obviously then worked his way back into the team and, and mm. is still a big part of that. Is this, do you, is he, what kind of role do you think he'll be playing at this AFCON? Do you think, you know, is he, is he meant, is he going to be starting every game? Is he, you know, what kind of role will he be in, in this team? Um, so I think, I think, um, um, that the, the major problem with Andrea Yu now is, um, is that the, the coaches are, are still treating him like, um, they would have treated him 10 years ago. Um, the thing is that at this moment, everyone, every Ghanaian, every African, I mean, everyone who watches football knows that Andre is off it a bit. He's, he's not as sharp as he was 10 years ago. Um, he's not doing many of the things that he would have done uh, years ago. And so one thing that I have consistently said about Andre is that the man management of him will be key. And uh, it will be key because you don't expect Andre to start games when you want to start on the front foot and try to put a lot of pressure on the opponents. What you do with Andre is you bring him on around 20 minutes to time or 10 minutes to time because he still has that, um, that influence of getting into the right places of the attack and picking out pockets where the defenders may, be, um, may not be looking at. And then he could score from there. And, I mean, he's shown it over his career, being uh, Ghana's top scorer, the AFCON with 10 goals, and doing so much for the national team. The thing is that at this moment, managing him properly is what we need from Andre because Andre doesn't have the strength anymore. He doesn't have the pace anymore. He's lost a lot of the physical attributes that made him uh, Andre Ayu. And so what you do for him now is that you, you just man-manage him properly. If he's playing, at least, he should, or if he's starting, he should start play maybe 45 minutes, 15 minutes. After that, you, you take him off, bring on someone who's a bit more energetic and could give us some more. Um, if, he, if he's not starting, then he comes on in the second half and try to influence the games, which I think that uh, he's actually done really well uh, in games where he's been brought on to try to change uh, the fortunes of the Black Stars. And so uh, I think that he will still be an important figure. I mean, I trust that Andre will get a goal at this AFCON again to take his goal tally to 11 because he always has a goal in him. Uh, and so uh, I'm just hoping that um, Chris Hutton makes the right decisions of, of trying to manage him properly. Because the thing is that every time we've, we've started Andre in a, in a match where we are supposed to win, Ghanaians are not happy with uh, just how he, he goes with the flow of the game. And so the man management, the man management will be key in, uh, uh, in, in this AFCON, especially for Andre, uh, because if we do not do it well, then it becomes uh, a tactical problem for, for the coaches. It becomes uh, a huge burden for uh, the team. And then for the fans who, because there are many fans who actually do not want Andre to be a part of this squad. And so if he's not managed properly, then, you know, the fans begin to turn on him a bit more. And that's not good for, for someone like Andre who has uh, particularly served the Black Stars for so long. And, and do you think that him playing a kind of more subdued role coming off the bench, because like you said, he, he has that clinical edge that yeah. I don't think anyone else in the team really has. He ha yep. Like you say, he always has a goal and he's so yeah. intelligent with his movement. But do you think it will be an issue if with him 
if he's asked to play that kind of role where he's only getting 30 minutes a game, you know, with his personality, yeah. you know, and the fact that he's been the big personality in this team yeah. for so long, do you think that that isn't, that is an issue in, for Chris Hutton in terms of making that decision? Um, I don't think it should be an issue for Chris Hutton in, in, in making a decision like that. I mean, uh, the thing is in Chris Hutton's first official game, he actually uh, put Andre on the bench. And uh, he played a really he played a bit part role in that game. I, I remember that game was in Kumasi, and um, he, I think he played about three minutes or four minutes in that game. And um, but the funny thing is that the next game Andre started, and so you see is is why I'm talking about man management and and how Hutton does it. Um, I think that for for a player like Andre, he should be open to um, you know a subdued role in the Black Stars because he knows his body. He knows that. At this, at this moment, he doesn't have a lot of the qualities that made him Andre. And so, uh, hopefully, uh, all of these things come together and then he agrees to have a subdued role in the, in the Black Stars team at the moment. Because if you, look at, if you look at the position where Andre would particularly be deployed, there is Mohamed Kudus. I don't think Andre gets ahead of Mohamed Kudus in any team. There is Osman Bukhari. Osman Bukhari is faster, he's quicker. He creates chances every time he's come on for the Black Stars. He has shown that he deserves more when it comes to appearances for the Black Stars. Joseph Pinto would be in a better place to start than um, than Andre. And Espinyama, who plays at Olympic Lyon, will also have um, a better statement to make if he starts games for the Black Stars. And so all of these people are younger, fresher, faster than Andre. And so it will depend on, on if the coach wants... Um, to have a quicker attack or wants to slow down things, especially against Egypt, who you know may want to do things faster. In, ga- in a game like the game against Egypt, I don't think many people would be worried if he starts Andre because then his experience counts in just how we play. But in games like against Cape Verde, in game against Mozambique, people would want us to be on the front foot from the start. And Andre may not be the ideal person to do that for us. Mm. And you know, let's talk about the rest of the team and, and filling that gap because, yeah. you, like, as you mentioned, the, the big problem for this team is, is creativity, is that ball yeah. progression through the midfield. Yep. And, you know, big thing is missing Thomas Partey as well with, yeah. out for injury because he's so good at that in terms of yeah. breaking up play, progressing the ball. But for me, I guess the big question for me is if Ghana has a chance to go far in this tournament to do mm. well, for me, almost all of that relies on getting the best out of Mohamed Kudus. You know, yep. He is the one player in this team who is a genuine superstar and yeah. kind of can hold his hand up amongst the best in the world. You know, yeah. Physicality, his technique, his talent, his creativity, his vision, and his finishing, you know, he's, he's already, you know, contributing goals-wise for you guys. I remember he scored the equalizer against CAR, yeah. scored the game against Liberia. You know, he's already making that step up. How How is it that you do you think that Ghana can get the best out of him? Is it playing him in that midfield three? Is it playing him as a 10 off the wing? You know, how does Chris Hutton get the most out of Mohamed Kudus? Um, I think that what Chris Hutton has to do is that um, for Mohamed Kudus, he doesn't even have to worry about what to do because David Moyes is getting it right. So why not pick up the the Moyes template and put it in the Black Stars team and, and, and it could potentially work. Um, but but the, but the thing about about Mohamed Kudus for the Black Stars is that in the Black Stars he usually plays around the number ten role, you know, right behind the striker. Um, at West Ham he plays from the right, which uh, you know has helped him. He has to cut in, 
and it gives him a better chance of taking a shot and, and scoring. But in the Black Stars, he plays usually right behind the striker. And so if that has not worked for us consistently, why not put him on the right? And I can understand uh, if Chris Hutton doesn't think that uh, he's the ideal person for the right side because NS Nyama is there. NS Nyama is a player who um, played with Mohamed Kudus in the same youth system at the Right to Dream Academy. They came up together, went to Nojaland, and you know after Nojaland they both departed. Where you know Mohamed Kudus went to Ajax, now at West Ham, and then um, NS Nyama also you know after Nojaland, now at Olympic Lyon. And so they know each other very well. And so if you want an ideal team um, that can create a bit more chances, he has to, or he would want to play Nyama and Mohamed Kudus around each other so these two people support each other uh, and then play Inaki Williams up top and then play someone and play Jordan Ayu from, from the left side of, of the attack. But I think that um, with Mohamed Kudus, a lot would... would um, rely on where he plays and like i said earlier if david moyes is getting it right hutin just has to pick up that template and use it for the black stars and so he should also try that 4-3-3 system and play mohammed kudus on the right side put inyaki williams up top or antoine semenyo up top and then play jordan Ayu on the left side and let's see how that is going to work work out before he tries to change anything because if a club side West Ham is getting the best out of Mohamed Kudus. Why not his country? And that is the biggest conundrum for many Ghanaians at the moment. And it all relies on where he plays. He hasn't particularly done what he does at West Ham because we usually deploy him in the number 10 role. If, he's not, if, it's that, if that position is not working out properly, uh, I think that he needs to be shunted to the right and then uh, do what he does for West Ham. But like you mentioned earlier, Mohamed Kudus will be so crucial. His physicality is important for the Black Stars. His strength. And then his finishing. I think that the finishing is one of the things that we need, really. Because um, the strikers are not particularly finishing as you want. And if Mohamed Kudus is the guy who has the finishing touch to all the moves uh, at club level, I think that he needs to be given a bigger role at the Black Stars when it comes to goal scoring uh, so that he does uh, a number of the goal scoring for the Black Stars. And you know, I want to look at look at look at the group in the tournament now because yeah. Ghana for me, if I, you're in this strange position where you, you're no longer one of the you know the favorites, one of the giants, <laughs> one of the teams that expected. I'm, I'm sorry to say it. <laughs> no, but, we know, we know, we understand. <laughs> but you're also not, you know, you're not a team that can afford to necessarily play on the counter attack. You know, there are expectations for a style of play, and, and so you're you're kind of in this weird place where against some of the big teams like like Egypt in the group, you yeah. know, you probably will expect to be playing on the break, playing a little more defensively, you know, yeah. giving them a kind of giving up, you know, possession and control to them. But then on the flip side, when you play Cape Verde and Mozambique, you know, Mozambique, obviously the smallest team in the group, they're going to come to defend. Cape Verde, we know how defensively solid they are. You know, they, that's how they, that's the base of how they play. Kind of how how does Ghana both manage that, where you have to find a way of being both defensively defensively resolute and playing, but whilst also then in other games playing, kind of in a dominant kind of attacking way? And I guess then leads into my final question: what what are the expectations, not only for this group but but for the tournament for for the Black Stars? Uh, 
So uh, let me let me tackle your question on the expectations first. I think that for the expectations, one of my uh, one of my colleagues had a, a poll of sports journalists uh, where every sports journalist decided where the Black Stars were going to finish, and I think that on the average, everybody said the quarterfinal. Uh, you know, and and this is where we are at the moment, and um, um, it's a it's a shocking for me really because I've I've grown up seeing the Black Stars always in the semi final, always favourites, and 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 that kind of thing. But I think that now the expectations are incredibly low. There a lot of people have have measured expectations for where the Black Stars would get to. Now, um, uh, the, for for the question about about how we are going to play against some of the dominant teams and, and against uh, some of the teams who would be considered minos um, at the AFCON. Uh, my, I'm just going to ask you a little question, Alas, there. If, if you're a country like Mozambique and you've watched the Black Stars lose to Comoros, you've watched the Black Stars struggle to beat Madagascar, and you've watched the Black Stars struggle to beat the Central African Republic, how are you going to approach a game? I think in the exact same way they, they do, you know, and, and Comoros have given the playbook, I think, in, in exactly. the last years of how and, to and do it. And, yeah. and, and they're going to be very fearless in that game. And so I, I don't think that the Black Stars will have an easy game at this, at this Africa Cup of Nations. Now, um, uh, former coach Otoado has said that the Egypt game will actually be the easiest game of the group. And I can understand why he feels that way, because the thing is that uh, for a country like Egypt, who are also in a phase where... They are, they are still trying to get to the top. They would still give us a bit of reverence and uh, respect us a bit because, because they know that, oh, the Black Stars could hurt us in, in so-and-so ways. But for countries like Cape Verde and for Mozambique, they have nothing to lose. And seeing, seeing Comoros beat us, seeing Madagascar give us a hard time in Kumasi, seeing the Central African Republic also give us a hard time in Kumasi, they would also come out and think that, oh, if Comoros can do it, we can do it as well. And so it is going to be really difficult for the Black Stars to try to break teams down. And all of it also relies on the personnel. Now, what Hugh Ting has done in many games is that he's played two incredibly defensive uh, midfielders. In the last game against Namibia, he played Elisha Usu and Baba Idrisu, who plays for Real Valladolid in, in the La Liga. And then later on, he brought on Majida Shimeru, and that's where a lot of the game changed. Now, if you have a creative player like Majida Shimeru, why is Majida Shimeru on the bench? It is a question many people are asking. Because in this team where there's no Thomas Partey who could be doing the playmaking from a very deep role, you just need someone who can also create. And that's Majida Shimeru. If he's on the bench, then the Black Stars are not creating anything. And I, I suppose that that is the way we are going to start in that game against Cape Verde. And that is how the Cape Verdeans would come out stronger, possibly in the first half, uh, than we would do. And so it all depends on the personnel. It all depends on what Hilton wants to do and how he wants to tweak the team uh, to play in whatever style they want to. You mentioned correctly that against Egypt, um, they will dominate, and so we would defend and try to hit them on the counter-attack. Now, if you're going to hit Egypt on the counter-attack, we wouldn't need players like Andre Ayou in the lineup. We would need players like Osman Bukhari. We would need... Joseph Pinto, who would run with the ball. We would need someone like Inyaki Williams as well, who would also do that, and Mohamed Kudus. So um, it depends on the personnel. I don't think that many of the teams are so far ahead of the Black Stars. Although the Black Stars have sunk lower, I think that they are still in the realm where 
they could they could shock a few teams. It is only that the personnel and then the coaching is what we've not gotten right over the last few months. And that is what has costed us uh, so much. But I really want to see um, how we start against Cape Verde to have a firm opinion on, on how the Egypt and Mozambique games are going to go. Because I am Ghanaian, I've, I've watched the Black Stars so many times. And trust me, every time the first game doesn't go particularly well, it has, a, 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 it has an effect on how we play in the next games. And it is going to be really tough because the Black Stars cannot have back-to-back group stage exits from an AFCON. That means that it is disastrous and the, the Football Association will be under so much pressure. And so I'm sure that uh, going into this AFCON, there's a lot that has gone into trying to instill into the players that this is not another AFCON that we can get out in the group stages. And so they would want to make a, a huge impact uh, in the group stages. And it will come if they do well against Cape Verde. And it will depend on who and who starts that game against Cape Verde and just how they do it. Also, another thing will be the substitutions of Chris Hutton. The thing about the Black Stars is that there are so many talented players across the board. Um, if, if someone like Jordan Ayew is not performing, you have Joseph Pinto who could come on to perform. If someone like Mohamed Kudus is not performing, I mean, I, Mohamed Kudus is not a player you can just take off, even if he's having a bad game. But if Enes Nyama is not performing, you have Osman Bukai who could come in to do well. But over the last few months, the substitutions is also something that we've not particularly gotten right. And so I really want to see Chris Hutton improve. It is just about a few days to AFCON, but I really, really hope that Chris Hutton has a change of mind in... Um, with a style of play and just how headstrong he is in what he believes in and what he thinks the Black Stars can go forward with. I think that if the Black Stars are allowed to attack like they did at the World Cup, they could win games easier than um, Chris Hutton trying to make them a lot more careful than they should be. Thank you so much for, for joining us. We, we finish all our interviews with, with experts from different countries with a kind of quick fire round of questions. Yeah. So I'm just going to hit you with a couple questions. Coming into this tournament, okay. who is who is Ghana's most important player? Mohamed Kudus. Mohamed, yeah, straightforward. <laughs> and we're, we're not going to see Fatawu at this tournament. And yeah. so without him, who do you think is Ghana's kind of youngster to watch? Who's the young gun we should all be watching out for? Enes Nyama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, and similar to Semenya, I think was the game there. They both came off the bench, and you guys yeah, immediately scored. Exactly. He's an exciting player. Yeah. And, uh, and then the, the tough question I've got for you is: What is your prediction? How far is are the Black Stars going to get at this tournament? Uh, I think the Black Stars would get to the round of sixteen stage. Round of sixteen. Okay. Yeah. You're more measured than some of your colleagues. Clearly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think, I think, things. I think they would get out of the group, but. Um, that is where it could end for, for the Black Stars. And then if if the Black Stars are going to go yeah, as far as the round of 16, who who for you is going to win the tournament? That is always a hard one for me because you know how AFCON goes. You, you cannot particularly predict. But um, I think that my favorite for the trophy should be uh, the Ivory Coast. And... Um, uh, Ivory Coast and Algeria. Okay, and, and if, if I pushed you to give me one of those names, Ivory Coast or Algeria, who would you who would you say? 
Uh, it's hard. a hard question. <laughs> the worst one um, for everyone. Uh, Afcon winner. Afcon winner. Hmm. Algeria. Algeria. Okay, yeah. they're coming back. They're gonna win it again. Yeah. And who, who, who for you is gonna be the top scorer of the tournament? Top scorer of the tournament. I think. Um, I, I I need to look at the groups again because <laughs> because no it's yeah really, no it makes it matter yeah, really because because you know if if you look at the if you look at Victor Simon and 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 Nigeria and the group they are in um, they have to play Ivory Coast they have to play Equatorial Guinea those are tough games really so I don't I don't know if he could get a few goals in there I mean uh, uh, he's also come under under a lot of fire because he doesn't particularly score as much as he does uh, at Napoli for the Super Eagles. Um, let me see. To pick someone, I'll, I'll just go with the person. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard to ignore him. It's hard to ignore. Him. And, and if Victor Ozyman is going to be the top scorer, who do you think we're gonna is gonna get the player of the tournament? Who do you think is gonna be the best player? Best player at this tournament. Hmm. These are hard questions. Yeah, man, they're not easy. Predicting an Afcon is is a fool's game, which is which is why we do it. <laughs> uh, play of the tournament. Uh, I think if 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 Egypt goes, if Egypt gets to the final, it should be Mohamed Salah. But uh, but also, we don't want him to have too good a tournament in the group stages, huh? <laughs> That wouldn't be good for the black Exactly. Stars. Yes. I, I don't want him to have a really good performance in, in the group stages. And so, um, <laughs> let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Hmm. Um, I'll just go with Mohamed Salah. Mohamed yeah. Salah. Yeah. I think, it's, again, it's hard to ignore. Hopefully yeah. not. Hopefully he won't be it. Yeah. Hopefully he won't be yeah, it. Ghana won't, yeah. Egypt won't do too well. But we'll, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. I've not got any more questions for you. I'm not going to put you under pressure, but... Thank you so much for joining us. We, thank we loved you, thank it. You, thank you, you too. Know, and we can't wait to see see the Black Stars kick off in, in Cote d'Ivoire. Mm-hmm.